you guys know this is Elon's ex, Grimes. I, I did not. I think they broke up at this point. I don't know, Mark, Mark or Joe. Did they break up? I think she's I the one. I think yeah, she's the separate. one who got him to start tweeting like all that 420 shit. I only met Elon once at the HBO party at the. I think it was the Golden only Globes. Once. That He's was named, when he was with. This is that, such that, a fucking name drop. Uh, that's Mobile when he was with name drop, he, whatever he, you want to call he, it. That was, he was still with Amber Heard at that point. Oh, you guys chat about that? We did not. Okay. All right, turn it up for a second. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 77 of the Light Shed Podcast. Richard Greenfield, Walter Pisick, and myself, Brandon Ross, coming at you once again on a Thursday because Wally... Wally World is taking taking the show on the road to Las Vegas. Are you Eagles Raiders, baby? Eagles Raiders. What is the Eagles current record? Not good. Do you want the Eagles to win? On we have Sunday? enough picks from other teams that I'm that, fine with yes. them winning. Okay. So we don't need to screw the Giants again this year in terms of finishing lower. It may happen anyway. <laughs> it may happen anyway, but we'll say. I think we can screw the Giants by um, the Colts in Miami might have a worse record than the Giants, so we'll say. First of all, you can't screw the Giants. The Giants are so bad. I mean, the team is literally unwatchable. They need more than one draft pick. It's not like one draft pick is even going to make a difference, honestly. It's just my gut. Well, they have the Bears point. draft pick, too. I guess I don't know. I mean, just the whole thing looks like a disaster. Bears are pretty good though. Yeah, Gettleman is Gettleman is done. Obviously, it's just it's the Sundays are, have, Sundays are depressing now. They've just become well, depressing. Today's a very interesting sports day in that it's one of twenty-five times ever that you've had the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL all playing at once. In a meaningful, with meaningful games, regular season or postseason. All right. What's the Thursday night game tonight? For I have football? no idea. Is the only thing that actually I would be interested in those four things that you listed. <laughs> you're sometimes a baseball fan. You watch baseball Never. sometimes. You Never. did when the Phillies were you, good. You're right. And then I didn't. I tr- I've, I've, I've actually tried. I tried to watch the Mets. It's just honestly, it's so boring. It's just so boring. I will watch when, if, if, and when Ben ever returns to play in front of the Philly crowd. Um, Dude, so that will be that could happen tomorrow night. Yeah. Do you like comedy on CNBC? Because we have a little bit of that. If you'd like to watch some good segue, Rich. Let's go to it. Okay. Let's go right to CNBC. This happened earlier in the week, Walt. Um, Walter Pisick is the one who caught this segment, but I think all of our listeners and viewers will enjoy this. For the people listening, this is a clip from CNBC with an interview of an investor. So let's listen in. Putting money in right now include Upstart, that is one, uh, Tesla, MGM, and AIG. Why those four, all of which you've bought within, well, basically this week, except Tesla, uh, end of last month? Yeah, so, well, Upstart's up about 25% just in four days since we since we bought it. We bought it on uh, about four days ago. Uh, so that's actually made a, a nice little move in the uh, short term, probably a little extended right now, but longer term, uh, that that's a that's a, a good looking uh, name. Uh, very powerful, very strong earnings. These stocks are actually What do they do? Really I don't well. even know them. What do they do? Uh, excuse me? What does Upstart do? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. What kind of company is it? I'm not, you're, you're breaking up. Oh, uh, well, I guess we, we've got an audio problem here, Mark. I'm sorry. I do know MGM. I do know Tesla and I do know AIG, but a 25% move in a week is pretty good for the company upstart. Uh, thank- that was amazing. I you're mean, breaking up. Why couldn't he that- just be like, I don't know. If that's not 2021, I mean, I mean they have this guy on. 
And he's talking about he doesn't even he has no idea. He's talking about how great his portfolio is. His portfolio is amazing. Oh, they had very big, super big earnings. They were beautiful, big, beautiful earnings. And then, like, what do they do? No idea. He should have just owned. And then, by the way, Brandon, later on Twitter, he still didn't own it. Oh, I knew. I knew. I really just couldn't hear what was. It's obvious. Anyone with half a brain (laughs) could realize the guy had no idea what it was. And then 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 he tweets a picture of him. Like someone filming him in his Ferrari Lamborghini, whatever it is, like, oh, you know, I'll show you. I'm a rich dude, a rich, you know, old white dude. Yeah, well, boomer. In his yeah, boomer. That is Ferrari. boomer to yeah. the max driving a Ferrari. Sorry to anyone who's listening that happens to drive a Ferrari. I'm <laughs> thinking we don't have a lot Hilarious. of Ferrari listeners, but um, just guessing. Hilarious. Probably, anyway, we probably do have a lot of Tesla listeners, though, I suspect. Uh, this segue to a Tesla tweet. This is, I mean, te- Tesla Elon is part of the theme of the week. There's a lot of themes this week. That's why we used Grimes coming on in. Give us the next one, though. Well, the next Which, one is uh, we're we're gonna go with Trump. Uh, first. Well, we had to go with Trump because what's what's so crazy about this? I mean, the, the obviously. Everyone, I'm sure, listening knows there was a Trump SPAC. I think it's actually it was at one point it's up over 400 percent. We caught a picture when it was up over 300 percent. But what is just stunning is, you know, all of these SPACs, when they go public, they all have to publish investor presentations, like every single one of them. And, you know, I think that there's obviously far too many companies going public. There's lots of crappy companies that have suffered after they've gone public. But this one might be the most special presentation I've seen of any SPAC. Because what they're trying to show, and if anyone has not seen the deck, I think this is slide seven uh, on the um, TMTG website. But they are literally saying that TMTG is going to be Twitter, Facebook, Netflix, Disney Plus, CNN, iHeart, and then ultimately AWS, Microsoft, Azure, Google Cloud, and Stripe all rolled into one. That is what they're going after. So they're basically going to be the entire internet takeover uh, is going to be Trump's new media company. Internet 4.0, Rich. And web, web 4.0. Web 4.0. I missed that part. That's awesome. Well, that's what they should have said. T- I was just a little it's- disappointed that TMT group, they dropped the telecom out of TMT. It's now Ooh, Trump yeah. Media and Technology Group as opposed to Telecom Media and Technology Group or TMT, the money store. As we know from what's his face, but, the, box, well, the boxer that I saw. So it's and, a, uh, the TMT is the money team. Oh, sure. Sorry. Yes, Mayweather. you're right. I was, what was the money store? What did they which, do? Which fits in with your was Vegas? Like a lender? The money and by store? the way, I'm going to be in Vegas the weekend after. But nice. but there is a there is a problem with all of this, right, Brandon, that you were talking yes. about that you know, if they're not starting with infrastructure, it'd be one thing if the start was the infrastructure and then the goal was to get to other things. I, I just don't understand why they didn't try and do something decentralized so they can't be canceled. Because the problem, right, is all of this could get shut down before it even starts. That was what exactly. Brandon, if what, what was Maria? If well, hold on. Own, it, no, no, you hold on. If they're their own Amazon, then they can't get canceled because they. But that's they, coming. They this is the whole point. That's coming later. <laughs> Right? That's not where they're starting. So like what if, was you the name look, of Mar- if you look at the slide, pull the slide back up. Yeah, hold on. Uh, sorry. <laughs> right, you're right. They can be deplatformed platforms. That's right. They're Facebook plus their Netflix slash Disney Plus <laughs> and their CNN slash well, iHeart is what's coming first. Their I- AWS and Stripe <laughs> are, are grayed out. I have two two reactions to this. One, I'm really excited to see what Trump's family programming looks like because if they're going after Disney, that means there's going to be really wholesome programming coming from Trump and maybe even some superheroes. Of course, so of that, course he's maybe, tr- have, maybe Rich, Trump is the superhero. Maybe Rich, Trump's the superhero. Of course he's going to have wholesome programming. He's such a devout religious yes. Christian. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. And then, two, you know, what, what was the name of Maria Bartiromo's platform that she it's loved? Parlor, using? And Rich, we're coming up to the one year anniversary, which occurred. <laughs> I, I actually did look this up last night. I was going to troll her again. It was November 5th of last, oh, of God. last year Amazing. when she Amazing. said, I'm leaving Twitter because of ever all the canceling and she's going to go to Parlor. Um, right. I'm not sure Parlor does Parlor exist. She's not on Parlor anymore. But, she used to, um, she used to on all of her tweets, she would include her Parlor 
logo logon information. But, but, but Parler is an important part of this story because to Brandon's point, Parler was deplatformed. And right. there is By no Amazon reason why case, this will be deplatformed exactly yeah. in like two minutes. Correct. But what happens to the people that own the SPAC, though, if they get deplatformed? All these people oh, the, buying today. No, dude, the SPAC will go up. You have to t- think about it as, you know, asset ownership. You're part of, you're part of a club, Rich. Part of the community. You're part of a oh, community. It's like, so it's, it's like so it's like buying an NFT. That's right. No, it's like buying uh, AMC. Or AMC or any or of these Fubo things. or any you know any of these things, right? You're joining a community. Well, hopefully, I'm hoping that this pulls some of the dollars away from the people buying AMC recklessly. Now they can just put it into Trump stock. <laughs> um, okay, right. let's move on to sorry, the what is sort of the biggest story of the week. Uh, Facebook's got a new name, Brandon, and they're going after the metaverse, is what, what they is, said. What is an, you know what? What is the new name? Well, we'll yeah, they don't have a new name. After it's, it's they're speculated as having a new name, or do they announce it? No, I heard. Well, I heard there's a big Facebook event happening on the 28th. There's a bunch of oh, reporters that believe there's week. a big Facebook event next week. So I, I don't know I whether it's Alex name. Heath broke this. Obviously, Alex breaks a lot of great tech stories. Yeah, but shortly after, so th- I think it happened on like Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday night. Uh, the next day. Uh, what was amazing is Evan Spiegel. No, Snapchat. you're missing it. Nope, Rich. Okay. What was amazing about it was that earlier that day. Oh, I fucked up the Evan, sequence. Yes. Evan was speaking at the Wall Street Journal conference and they asked him about the metaverse. Okay. So and let's play that. Hold on. Let's play is, that clip. It is the you... greatest foreshadowing of all time. So let's okay, so, let's see. So this it. happened. This happened earlier in the day. Here we go. Yes. What's your reaction to the metaverse? (laughs) Well, the the metaverse, I guess, was a term uh, created by Neil Stevenson uh, to describe a virtual world created by an evil monopolist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Enough Um, said. Like, he was clearly, I mean, you know, as he goes on in the conversation, was clearly taking a shot at Zuck. And then hours later, this name change thing came out. I almost fell on the floor because the first thing that I thought of was that this interview earlier in the day. And then like 10 minutes later, um, Jack um, t- tweeted Jack and Dorsey. Uh, Jack Dorsey. Well, read what, uh, read what he was responding. Read what he was responding to. You don't first. need well, to read he, the whole thing. You don't need the, to read just the whole the thing. He was just, ref- it was a tweet. He quote tweeted. Right. Yes. The, the thing. But the person in the tweet said, what if Neil was right? Implying what if Neil was right that about the evil, whatever monopolist and Jack yeah. dunked on it and said narrator. He was. Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. This is the best part of the Internet. The best part of Twitter is sort of the interplay between people, you know, relevant people in the conversation. And just seeing it all play out in real time is amazing. Simply so, amazing. It's also like if you kind of thought about what what's been what happened that day, um, you got a glimpse into where Evan sees the world and the next computing platforms going, where Jack does, and where Mark Zuckerberg does, and how different and, they are, and how different they are. Jack is all about um, decentralization. And the ethos that are behind the crypto movement and is moving the Twitter platform in that way. Obviously, there's Blue Sky Project for the decentralized, you know, kind of version of or infrastructure for Twitter. Number one, then you have Mark um, all in on VR and Evan all in on AR, despite the fact that there's some metaverse elements to the snap app itself, even though he doesn't want to be associated with the word metaverse. I guess, as we've said, I mean, like metaverse, it's all, these are all building blocks and elements of like that more dystopian metaverse that is in snow crash or in ready player one. Just, but it, but it just feels like it, honestly, Facebook just feels like they're trying too hard. Like if they rename the company focused on the metaverse, like it just, it, it feels like it's almost like exposing an underlying issue. Like they're trying to force well, this I mean, metaverse this is like, issue. Yeah. I and mean, we, we've, we've talked about this. 
they're trying to get away from the, um, the news stuff and all the other problems that they're having. I think Mark is heading back to Congress, right? Wasn't that a big story no. this week? But, um, and there was but, also a story. There was a story that Horizons, I guess, a VR, yeah, well, VR Hor- world, Hor- right? So Horizon, which has been in beta for a while, I think since March, um, might be the name of the. It would make sense if that's the name of the company, uh, the new company. Ultimately, everyone's going to fucking call it Facebook anyway. It's the same thing as this like Alphabet Google thing. No one says the Alphabet. I don't even know if people who work there say Alphabet. I wonder if people even know that it's Alphabet who work there. I think maybe their paycheck, their paycheck, I think their paycheck say Alphabet. Probably say Alphabet, right? It's probably although they're direct deposit. So (laughs) okay, let's uh, see their paychecks, right? Yeah, should we should we talk a little bit of um, auction? Because I think you know we have a lot of watchers and listeners, Walt, who who've heard you talk about the fact that you know there was some people out there who didn't think the auction was going to succeed. So why don't we? Should we just start with reading this? You want to sure. read it or should I? How do you want to set this up? I think I can handle reading it. Um, okay. This is from Com you Daily. You have to read, Walt. I think so. Um, this is from Com Daily, which is a trade rag. They had many analysts. I think last week we ripped on um, our friend Doug Mitchelson, who became a Spectrum uh, expert or auction ex- expert. And and then uh, calling for us, it was uh, New Street also claiming that the auction was going to happen. Well, what I missed was Craig Moffitt hopped in on that bandwagon. And I think 10, 20 rounds into the auction, he was quoted in Com Daily saying the following, it is becoming increasingly likely that the auction fails, <laughs> said Moffitt Nathanson's Craig Moffitt. It looks to us as though there are perhaps two large-scale serious bidders with an aggregate limit of 40 megahertz per bidder, yada, yada, yada. He said, I'm starting to seriously doubt that we'll get there. I got. I feel like I do the Jack like narrator. Two days later, <laughs> the auction cleared, and by clearing it means it did not, in fact, fail. So there was these conspiracy theories that we talked about last week. I won't get into it. The bottom line is the auction cleared, and and people will get spectrum. So the next thing, as we'll you see, predicted, as you get, predicted. Well, I mean, look, I don't think it's going to hit my thirty billion dollar prediction. So I can't like claim that we were right. What was crazy about some of these predictions is like the auction started and they were trying to read tea leaves that weren't sending the message that this was going to be like this big failure and like saying like, Oh, this thing's going to fail because this is this, it was a lot of tinfoil hat. Like we have this in our society now, like stop with the fucking conspiracy theories. Like you, you can't just look at something and then like have put your tinfoil hat on and make, make it seem like, Oh, this guy's signaling that guy. There's this collusion. It's just an auction. but there it are, didn't there are follow no. logic, and and when you it didn't follow logic that these guys would want to like not have the auction fail, and it didn't. And now we're several it, billion dollars over whatever that that number was. But is there any obvious reason why people would sort of be speculating so hard that the that the auction was going to fail? Like it seems unusual for people to be speculating. So many people to sort of have the wrong view. It's it's groupthink in some regard. There's one person that. They say it with certainty and like people are not familiar with their backgrounds and these certain people that I'm not going to name them because that gives them credibility that is undeserved, but did the same thing at the C-band auction where 10, 20 rounds into the C-band auction, these same people were saying, oh, this thing is looking like it's going to be a 30 or $40 billion auction. Narrator, it was 80. <laughs> I mean, so it's just, right. I don't know. It's just group think, group think. But yeah, sometimes you just have to kind of sit back and say, I don't know what's going to happen that that is tinfoil hattie to to make that type of conclusion and just sit back and see what happens and fo- and try and follow more logic as opposed to just reacting to something that you don't know shit about. Thank you. And that is the conclusion of this week's rant of telecom. <laughs> now, we're going to come back to telecom in a few minutes, but let's but, but I let's, like how you tied a very broad life lesson to it. Well, I think it's accurate though, Brandon, like, you know, we started this podcast talking about that Yahoo in 2021, not even knowing what the fuck he's buying when you're talking about their big, beautiful earnings. We continued on to big, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful stacks. Earnings. And now we're talking about conspiracy theories. So I think this stuff all kind of ties together. And we get AMC in here and we're like, literally, we can just wrap <laughs> the whole thing together. Uh, hold on. Um, so Sarah Fisher had um, breaking news earlier this morning. 
saying um, this is Ro- Roku and Google. Uh, so Roku, just for our listeners, Roku lost the YouTube TV app, I believe, back in April. But they kept the YouTube app. And actually, YouTube figured out a very cute workaround where you could get to YouTube TV inside of the YouTube app. And every investor I talked to was like, OK, that's great as a short term solution. But when does the bigger contract Google uh, YouTube uh, with Roku come up? This morning, we have the answer because of Sarah Fisher. I'm not going to read all of this, but basically the YouTube contract with Roku expires on December 9th. So the difference versus like we talk a lot about battles between Sinclair and Dish and lots of companies. That's in a this, long time. This is not a traditional carriage battle because Google is not threatening to pull it off of all existing Roku's. Uh, they're only basically threatening or not threatening. They're basically saying no new Roku devices will be able to download. They're going to remove it from the app store. Very similar to what HBO did with Amazon, that it basically just removes from the app store and, and you can and, no longer download up, it. And no updating. So it's the Correct. exact same thing that was going on with Epic in the iOS store. Correct. Um, Fortnite. So so the question here is is honestly going to be um, who blinks? And it's so early. December 9th is like every one of these battles gets resolved, you know, either the night before or after a one week extension. The the only thing I'll say is it's obviously been not that YouTube TV is the most important app in the ecosystem, but it has been six months. Yes, there was a workaround that sort of was a decent solve. But here, the the reason this matters is YouTube TV. Is a YouTube. Pimple. Oh, my God. I know. Like you're, you're you can't even remotely compare them. YouTube is the number two app on every smart television or smart TV device representing over 20 percent of time spent. So I don't see how Roku can lose. And this. by the way, growing. Correct. Growing. Yes. <laughs> While others are contracting. We, we wrote yeah. about that earlier in the week. Yes. Disney Plus, Hulu, Amazon, they're all contracting uh, and not growing total time spent. Here, we've got a company that's growing time spent on top of the fact that the overall market for streaming TV is growing. No way they can lose YouTube in my mind. But the the interesting about this also is that it's not about the money here. Hold on. Do you really believe that? Isn't everything about the money? I think that Google does a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's about money, right? But for it's strategic for them, not necessarily, you know, to make money discreetly on um, a product. What if this is also Roku wanting a cut of ad dollars? Remember, they don't get ad dollars today. What if this is one way of sort of pushing Google to give them a cut of ad dollars, right? Sort of highlighting antitrust issues. Like, I don't know. Both both sides could be by, sort by of, showing um, by showing clips. N- like is, no, no, no. What I'm isn't saying that what is what they want, though. Well, Google supposedly again, again, we don't know who's telling the truth. Google right. supposedly wants preferential visibility within search. They want some preference for, you know, when they link to music, whether it pulls up streaming music or pulls up YouTube videos. You know, I'm sure Roku wants a slice of ad revenue. They say this is not about economics. But again, Google says they're not asking for search placement. So both sides are sort of denying, which just sort of tells me neither side is giving us the full truth. I don't know. I just have to imagine Roku stories built around advertising. I'm sure they want ad dollars. Google, I'm sure, wants to not pay ad dollars and wants greater visibility for its content because they're the number two app on smart TVs. Who knows where the actual truth is? All I know is I cannot imagine what will happen knowing that Amazon's launching TVs in a week. There are you know, brand new TVs launching one week from today. On top of that, we've got Comcast announcing their X-Class TVs launching at Walmart in Q4. And so just hard to imagine Roku being without the YouTube app going into the holidays. And we'll see. I mean, if you go back um, to Apple TV, there were... You know, a long period of time when Amazon wasn't on Apple TV. Um, I believe wasn't there wasn't YouTube not on there at some point? Well, bigger, even a bigger deal for the first for the probably the first six or seven years that you and I went out to see Roku. There was no YouTube app. Yeah. 
they, they there was you literally yeah. third I mean, party plugins but, but to get you the, there. The difference is at that point, no one really watched YouTube on the big screen. I, I agree, but that's all changed. Yeah. Okay, let's let's continue actually, on. Google. I actually asked okay. Verizon um, after their call. You know what? They're down to fifty four percent of their FiOS broadband customers that using pay TV. At what point you get so low, you just pull the plug on all of them. They think there's you know there could be some regulatory pushback, and they, these are still high value customers. But the reality is that the new customers that are coming on as they expand fiber and now as they're entering the broadband market. Um, you know, that <clears throat> clearly people aren't going to, they're not offering <laughs> video there. And that's going to be this continual shift. I mean, seven, they're basically 700 basis points a year of, of um, attach rates are declining in terms of the video customers on top of the broadband service. Which just shows you how the TV operating system is just becoming more and more important because people are not getting that Verizon set-top box or that Comcast sure. set-top box. They're, it's just, they're not putting money in it. Like, you know, no. yesterday I was trying to watch um, Liverpool in Champions League. The Paramount Plus app was down. So for our Paramount <laughs> Plus listeners, like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Garbage app, fix it. But that aside, I tried to find it on DirecTV. Sorry, Rich, if these are your friends, but honestly, fix your app. Uh, so DirecTV, <laughs> I tried to find it on DirecTV in the guide. Hundreds of channels in the guy. It's a disaster. Like, who wants that box service? I have, and by the way, yeah, I have the Comcast Xfinity. It's better. It's not that great. Like, yeah, it's it's the best of the of the crappy legacy products that are on the market, but it's still not great. I thought you have all. Don't what? you have all T's? You don't have Comcast. No, no, no. At the at the other house, we have. Oh, Comcast. Well, that's Comcast. Comcast. On occasion, I have Altice here, but now Altice cannot compete with Verizon's pricing on FiOS. So sorry, Altice, uh, not using you. But, but that, that attach rate, I mean, it's funny. We never get those attach rates. Like cable, of course, doesn't give out those numbers. I would love to know those numbers. Uh, but it, it, it is really interesting to go, at, you know, at what point, at what, like for, uh, cable investors, everyone who owns Comcast stock, everyone who owns Charter stock, if these companies literally stopped offering video, and maybe there's regulatory issues, as you point out, but if they just said, hey, we're going to offer YouTube TV, take it or leave it as an add-on, all of these stocks would soar. Like, There's no investor that cares right. about the And as it business. declines, so as it declines, it, it, it gets it, it harder for It depends on the company, right? You, well, you don't think we, there's so contribution margin to Comcast from the video business? A little, not much anymore. Perception. So, though, how about just do it for new subs versus old subs? Anyway, for FiOS, they're like, look, we still, even though our base is, my argument was your base is declining, just get rid of it. They said the base is declining, but we're still, we were still able to re-sign MSG or whatever, all these different things they mentioned. Like, why don't you just take the Ergen approach and like, just let the, let the content drop at least the, the, he's like, well, we may lose the customer. I'm like, but you still have broadband. Charlie doesn't have, but Charlie doesn't have broadband. So he loses the customer to zero. They're less likely. Yeah, but that's, that's the whole point. What is the LTV of a broadband customer? So how many broadband, I mean, it's just math, right? How many, if you drop MSG networks, right? How many customers do you lose? What's the LTV of those customers? You know, versus yeah. what you're paying. Now, well, I my rate's going to be hard. Their retain rate is going to be higher than Ergen because at least they have broadband. Or what is that, it? Yes. Yeah. So my yes, my belief is that you can, and Comcast is doing this. You could say, well, take Fubo TV, and you'll get your right. MSG networks, and that's fine. Or YouTube, or whatever. Well, YouTube but, doesn't have MSG. Yeah, but here's where only, but, but, only Fubo and, and direct direct TV, TV, TV stream. Yeah, but, but, but I, but I want to just push back on something you said, Brandon, because I think the reason Comcast makes a TV is because they're in the video business. They're in the video business because they own NBC. You just sort of think about that. Like would they even, if they didn't own NBC and they weren't in the business of having Peacock and Peacock was like the second app shown on that X class TV earlier in the week. Like, would you even be in the business? Of caring about video if you weren't also in the entertainment content advertising yeah, business I mean, and right, so they, like so, th- yes, does it, it, this strategic initiative is on ad dollars because roku you know c- when correct. roku couldn't figure out how they were going to monetize 
And this took a while. They 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 went through. I mean, we've known Roku since they left Netflix. They went through a lot of iterations, a lot of ideas, and they landed on um, which was brilliant. The advertising, which was absolutely brilliant, and now everybody is following suit, linking hardware or operating system to connect to TV advertising. Yes, and they have Peacock, NBC, ad interests, and. It's you, interesting would, because would, would there you was just a be... time, Rich, that we thought that the operating system was going to be strategic to other broadband add-ons, things like sure. home security, um, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Like meaning, and, meaning like Nest and Ring that are owned by yeah. Amazon and Google. Yes, and it just never got there. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to call an audible because Walt brought it up, and I think we should go to. Okay. It. Let's go right to Verizon and broadband. Yeah, so obviously there was um, some sell-off in the cable stocks, starting really with when Comcast talked about um, you know, this pull forward in terms of the subs, and you've seen some subsequent downgrades there. So Verizon's piling on, finally, finally, finally disclosing their wireless broadband net ads. If you recall, they launched in... 2017, I think, 2018 in Sacramento. Fixed this is what wireless. they call 5G home. 5G home. They didn't give subs. We trolled them quarter after quarter. Where's the subs? Where's the subs? Well, there were. Nar- I feel like I still have to go back to the Jack Dorsey narrator. In fact, there were no subs. And that's what happened in 2018 <laughs> and 2019 <laughs> and 2020, mostly. There were no subs. And they claim, by the way, that millimeter wave is not high churn. They just couldn't reach a number of people, which, by the way, is once again, validation about how that spectrum works. Um, but look, they added 55,000 in the quarter. They have 150,000 subs. The other interesting thing is Verizon stock performed very well. This was, look, the wireless business did well for them, better than expected. But I think the reason, the positive reaction in the stock was like, I think investors are saying, well, shit, this is an incremental revenue stream, 55K. That's a good number. And for the limited launch that they had, they have C-band coming. So there is a tremendous incentive for Verizon to really play up broadband in upcoming quarters. Well, and I think the numbers what, are going to expand. Well, what, it, what, it, what surprises me about this chart that we have up on the screen is that the 55,000, it's half of last year's total net ads. Like It's a pretty meaningful number relative to, the, to Verizon's sort of pace of quarterly net additions. Right. So last year, obviously that was COVID, right? So you had a huge Fios number offset by the DSL. So like you still have very good Fios numbers. So last year's Fios number, I think was plus 144. It was down to like a hundred, still a very good number. Certainly not seeing any type of sequential fall off like you saw at Comcast, or I guess you're expecting to see a Comcast based on their comments. Um, but yes, Rich. And and by the way, they they like ATT is more of a fiber biased company. Verizon's yeah. is going to be quote, leaning in heavily on the wireless side, I think. And again, with this- And where do you think T-Mobile fits on our question? Wait, hold on. Just on, I want to just stick on that. You mentioned AT&T. What, where do you think you know, T-Mobile- we, you, we talked about the T-Mobile trial, which is in New York City, which is kind of BS. They're also going to be going hard after fixed wireless, um, assuming that their mobile wireless can sustain its own growth. What were you going to say, Brandon? Fios clearly took, or Verizon clearly took share from mm-hmm. Altice this quarter. Was it the fixed wireless- that drove that outperformance. I mean, I think Fios did well as well, right? And and there was fixed wire. They they you know there was a narrative out there that like oh these aren't real mobile these aren't real broadband customers. This is growth in the market. Um, I really don't think that that was the case. I think Verizon doesn't have perfect visibility on where these subs came from, but you have to believe that they came from some some broadband customers. But Altice. I mean, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> but hold on, what's interesting though? Oh God, there we go. <laughs> go ahead. The bundle is going to keep bundling, and what also is interesting is I believe that Verizon is very under-indexed in terms of the number of broadband customers that use Verizon Wireless. Meaning, if Verizon's market share in the industry is forty percent or whatever the number is, thirty-five percent of subs that the number of Fios customers that use Verizon wireless is less than their market share in wireless. So that's a that's an opportunity. For, it's bizarre, right? It's probably a legacy 
because of Vodafone and kind of disincentives to invest. So there's, I think going forward, even on the fiber side, the FIO side, you're going to see them be more aggressively in, aggressive in marketing bundled wireless services with their broadband offering. Maybe they'll bundle in some more content and services as well. And Disney Plus and all these other fun things to get that revenue up, maybe increasing some of your administrative fees as well along the way. <laughs> uh, Brandon, App Store fees has been a topic you love. You want to read this one? Sure. Um, new Google slashes subscription fees on Google Play to 15% for everyone, not just little guys edging out Apple. It's also introducing a program for content apps that can bring fees as low as 10%. So obviously, you know, the obvious here is apps like Match and Bumble that are real subscription um, businesses, Netflix, whatever. Well, they have a special deal probably anyway, but um, any subscription business off the bat, major benefit, cost of goods sold, you know. 100% margin benefit. Yeah. So like right off the bat. Um, Then there's little interesting um, takeaways. One, the big question is, does Apple follow? And we can debate that. I don't think Apple Apple has to follow because it's not like developers, you know, and (laughs) these content services are not going to you know, be on iOS if they don't cut their fees. But, but hold on. Year one on Apple is 30%, but year two is already 15%. So like for subscriptions. So like, that's true. It, we're really talking only about year one on iOS, just to be completely clear. Yeah. Okay. But what is the, you know, average subscription time? Lifespan. You're right. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm sure it's painful. I am sure it's painful to your point. Especially in stuff like, match and bumble where you know people are on the apps they find a girlfriend boyfriend whatever and then they <laughs> get, get married like somebody i know yeah get back on the apps you know and are bouncing on and off i don't know that people stay on the especially those apps for you know years at a time yeah, so it's a great point right it's a uh so that's number one then uh, I, but i don't think apple has to follow and this doesn't apply to this there may apply be to tra- eventual regulatory pressure and and sure. could point to like oh well you know google's doing it but we should also make clear this is not in app like this is not buying virtual currency or anything like that this is yeah. just talking subscriptions yeah i will say this though i mean for instance like roblox has they sell some of their robux through subscriptions this incentivizes them to move more towards a subscription model for things like virtual currency. Correct. That's a big deal. I mean, I, that, that could honestly. Right? So it could well, change. It could it could change the way merchandising happens in games. Yeah, I think I pay eight dollars a month for the Roblox for my, you know, for my kid. I think I pay eight dollars a month. They're now getting an extra 15 percent on that immediately right off the bat. And there are things like battle passes. Right. Seasonal battle passes that are subscription. And then those could also be where you throw a lot of virtual currency. So, I mean, there's this this could also filter down to visual. This does open up, you know, incentives to change the merchandising in in games. Um, That's number one. Number two is we should discuss Spotify because the interesting thing was for these media businesses, including music streaming um, companies, the fees go to 10%. So Spotify has never been in the app stores. Well, no, it has not, not for years. It's years ago, but not for many, many years, as long as we can remember. Um, Do they, you know, say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go into the Google play store and you know, create a new funnel for ourselves because the fee is only 10%. Right. I mean, you could say you, you know, you could say the same thing. I think it's less relevant probably for Netflix. I mean, they, they answered that question on the call the other night, basically saying we've, you know, when we've talked to them, like they've been out so long that there may not be a lot of benefit to going back in. 
just because people don't even think about buying there. But, you know, as you think about new geographies, Asia. Here's the thing, though, right? People go into the app stores and if it's sitting there at number five or six or seven in the app store and you see it, that is in and of itself an advertisement. Sure. Well, what about this? Do you think they're going to be buying this in an app store, Brandon? The Apple Music Voice plan for $4.99 a month. If it's only voice, can you buy it in the app store? Do you have to buy it with your voice as well? Like, how does that even work? <laughs> that was hey, well done. Hey, hey, Siri, buy me the Apple Music Voice plan because I, first of all, do we even have a clarification on whether this Apple Music Voice plan for five bucks a month, which is a price cut to the existing plan, is it truly just voice only? Like, I can't look yes. through yes. a playlist of songs. Yes. I, I just I mean, it's to- obvious what they're doing here, right? The, this is just like the Amazon Echo. That's yeah. that's how it works. And they introduced those what mini home pods. So this kind of goes with the home pods to make them more competitive with I can't believe that's a with Amazon. Market. I don't I, I don't think it is a sizable market. I think it's a small market. The question is, is like but they want to get home pods in, into people's houses and it I'm puts sure them on a, on a level playing field theoretically with Amazon. Okay. I just think like who it speaks to a larger problem. If the problem is the price point of music is too high, meaning 999 is too high, you need an ad supported product. I don't think a voice only product is the answer. And it doesn't fix the consumer problem to what Walt just said. Like that is annoying and frustrating. I'd rather get ads and lower the price, whether you know Spotify has been playing, you know, has the free with ads. But then they also have now like a, they've been testing a dollar to three dollar plan with limited functionality with ads. There has to be a better way. There's no way voice only is the right solution to fix well, this problem. I mean, clearly there are people who just use these services in the home and that's it. Yeah, but I mean, you can only use it on the devices where it, it just it's so limited. Here's my like, idea, Apple, for those Apple listeners that we have. <laughs> Create a speaker. That's an indoor, outdoor, portable, rechargeable speaker like those. What do they call them? The pills or whatever it is. Yeah. Put this subscription on there. Charge $10 a month for and then you get to upgrade every time every year it comes out and get a different color and wrap it into an equipment services lease, just like what people wanted to do with phone subscriptions as opposed to buying your phone. There's your answer. You're welcome. Right. So you buy you buy three of those HomePod minis. Let's just say it's or not one. a pill, but let's say. Yeah, some number, and it comes with for X amount of time. Right, it comes with that service. Or you just, or you don't pay for the equipment. You just pay a monthly fee, and you get the equipment, kind of like a subsidized phone. And over a period of time, that you can use it. That's interesting. They've never done that. No one's done that. And then it's, all the stuff shuts off if you can't use it. If you don't actually pay your monthly subscription, and it becomes a dead product. Talking about dead products, <laughs> um, Josh Cosman. Has a had a tweet earlier in the week uh, that Major League Baseball is in talks to launch a nationwide What's the dead stream. product. There is it Major League Baseball or is it the New York? No, Post? no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry. No, by the oh, way, Cosman actually mostly got something right this time. Cosman oh fucking Cosman nailed this. He really did. I mean, yeah. What? It, it, he it, did. It, it pissed me off because we were gonna we were gonna write it even sooner. Well, you I, you did write it. We did. We did. We, we had wrote more. We actually had this story. We're being complimentary before. to John. That's we amazing. are amazing. He got, he got most of it. All right. I'm yeah. sorry. Please yeah. read the tweet for our podcast yeah. listeners. And then I'll explain what he got wrong. Major League Baseball and Talks <laughs> launched nationwide streaming service for home games without cable TV, without Sinclair's Diamond Sports exclusive. So what Josh got right is that Major League Baseball, the NBA and the NHL, I believe, are working on a plan to launch a multi-sport geofence so only within your home market you know if you're available to get the like you could only see the rsn you'll be able to get a streaming service with all of your hometown games on it from those three sports uh it'll be direct to consumer it will not involve the regional sports networks fees to the regional sports network will obviously have to come or the fees that the regional sports networks pay to teams and which MVPDs pay for those regional sports networks will have to come down to compensate everybody to kind of get everybody comfortable with this and get the teams as well as the leagues on board. Mm-hmm. The part that Cosman screwed up 
is I don't believe, we don't believe the leagues are going to do this on their own. Meaning you're not going to be subscribing like you do to MLB TV. This is not going to be the MLB, NBA, NHL direct to consumer. This is going to be Amazon, maybe Fanatics, maybe Google. Like, I don't know which of the major tech companies is going to step in here or kind of sports betting companies, but somebody's going to step in, pay a shitload of money to these leagues in order to get these rights. Because I don't think, just like we saw with the NFL network and all the challenges that were there for the NFL, owners don't like to dip into their pockets and make a lot less money. They're going to want somebody to pay so that they can keep making what they've been making. So if the fees from the RSNs go down, there's something that brings those fees right back up from a tech company. And that's, I think, what's going to happen. But Cosman actually got pretty far away there. Yeah, and, you know, you know what what was not attractive about doing RSNs for a tech company was the fact that they were regional and they couldn't hit the entire national footprint. Yeah. So you were buying like, yeah, you could buy like five RSNs here, three over there, seven over there. Here, it's essentially a nationwide network. So you have the sort of scale benefits, number one, add benefits, number two, number three, if you want to attach it to something else, everybody gets it. There's no consumer confusion. It's pretty neatly packaged. Well, and I'll take it a step further. Like, you know, you always think about this is going to be probably fanatics, don't we think? I mean, maybe it's maybe, Amazon. But, well, I Amazon don't know, but, but, is definitely interested in more sports rights. Brandon, I was just going to play on that and say, Amazon always talks about leaning to the future. And like, you know, remember how many times have we heard Netflix should buy a studio or XYZ should buy a studio or XYZ should buy? How many people we've heard Amazon should buy Viacom, CBS, so they get access to football. Like, I just think the reality is you don't need to buy cable networks. You don't need to buy broadcast networks. You just need to buy the content, whether it's make the content for entertainment or go license the rights. And I think this is a great example of, you know, I think Adam Silver was the one who said, we're not really interested in buying the RSNs. We're just interested in using the digital streaming rights. Like that just shows you. So getting back to Walt's question of what's the dead product, the dead product is the product that doesn't exist right now, which is Sinclair streaming service appears to be DOA, which means the RSNs they won't go bankrupt immediately. They're going to, you know, the, the frog will get boiled slowly. But the reality is it's only going in one direction and they're going to become less and less relevant because the leagues are going to take this on their own and do their own streaming service. That's the dead product. Without, um, the, without the deal, you probably have an expedition of, of Diamond going bankrupt. Correct. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um. We've got Alex Sherman. This was during Netflix's earnings, um, or I guess shortly after Netflix reported, they uh, talked about how many people had watched Squid Game. And he said, Netflix has 213 million global subs. 142 million of them have watched at least two minutes of Squid Game. That's exactly two thirds of all Netflix users worldwide. How, um, how is that even possible? Um, you know, it, it's globally two thirds of subscribers have have watched something that is in korean you know what's interesting it's amazing is you, yeah i know but it's the power of a recommendation engine and the ability to highlight um new stuff that's on you know earlier today i went or memes to, also yeah for sure i mean how Big things time. transcend culture but but what i think is not getting talked about enough which is sort of stunning is that the number six show on Netflix today is a series called My Name. Guess where it's from? Korea. So two of the top six series on Netflix in the U.S. are from Korea. Now, My Name, over the last couple of days after it started shooting up, has been recommended. I've seen it at the top of my sort of recommendation feed inside of Netflix. So once something starts to really catch fire, their ability to sort of highlight it and propel it to the right people and I think that's exactly what happened with Squid Game. Obviously, just it, it's obviously a, became a very no, wide. I mean, it's like, OK, now you like Korean content. Here's another one. I mean, pretty simple. No, I, I, I understand. But it, it just shows you sort of the power of how things go viral in a very different way. And, you know, I just want to well, the power it. of how things go viral in today's day and age is memes. And there's been a massive amount of memes surrounding Squid Game. 
And look, back in the early days when Disney Plus launched, there was a ton. Remember the Baby Yoda? Like Baby Yoda was pro- propelling Mandalorian week to week. I mean, it was just huge when Mandalorian started. That was massively started. memed also. Sure. And it was a huge driver. What I think is interesting about Disney Plus is while we're talking about all of this incredible content on Netflix and the stock is ripping, like on the flip side, Disney Plus behind me, the trending schedule or the trending shows shows The Simpsons, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Bluey, and we're back to Moana being in the top (laughs) four. Like there's literally nothing on, which is why Walt probably hasn't turned on Disney Plus, I'm guessing in weeks now. Um, It's just there's just no content. And it's just it's just crazy that we're sitting here Q4 biggest quarter of the year and there's literally no reason to turn on disney plus unless you're under the age of like 13 or 14 like it's just crazy walt's just gonna give me that look of like i have not turned it on i don't know know what to tell you i you know it's just crazy hbo max has got some good content what did you think of the first episode of succession rich did you even watch it i did I haven't watched it. Don't yet. no spoilers, please. No spoilers. I'm waiting. Spoiling. I'm waiting for at least three weeks to build can, up. Can I just say there was a lot of Kendall animosity? What do you mean Kendall animosity? Yeah, obviously. Did They're you see how season two ended? But we're not yeah. here to spoil things for people. I'm not who spoiling. Know All I'm asking you, just a I'm simple not spoiling question. anything. Did you enjoy it? Yes or no? I, I'm public. I'm. On, I've already tweeted my rating. A plus. There's at least twenty great. Meme quotes that can come out of that, maybe 10. I loved it. The writing is great. I loved it. It's funny, like on the AT&T call, they were referencing the fact that what's this, the next thing that's going to come up, um, Dune is going to be released, right? Um, Today, actually. And I think Curb Your Enthusiasm this weekend. I don't think um, Stanky mentioned succession. Is this a defined market or is this a broad market appeal, succession? I think it's pretty broad. I mean, it's obviously nowhere near Game of Thrones, just to be clear, but it's it's still a pretty big show for them. Okay. I love it. Can't wait till the next okay. episode. Let's talk and a little bit. By the way, Twitch. AT&T, if you want to send us the special link to see all the episodes, we'll be happy to take them. Um, Brandon, kids are back at school. What's going on with Twitch? Twitch viewership grows 20% year over year for September. So just sort of a reminder that a lot of the behavioral changes that took place during COVID are sticking with us. And one of those is live streaming. Well, and watching games on live streams has just become a bigger and bigger part of behavior. Yeah. It's not games necessarily because obviously massive share has been taken by the non-gaming content on Twitch. That's what's absolutely growing the fastest. Um, But, you know, you can say like, go to the, like, you know, there's like fintechs eating the world and like software is eating the world. Gaming's eating, eating the world now, like gaming culture is further permeating into, you know, Every day, the metaverse. I thought the metaverse was eating the world. <laughs> this eating the world thing is as bad as when someone said, "Oh, I didn't have that on my bingo card." <laughs> Mark Andreessen is eating the I world on my twenty twenty one bingo card. Okay, nerd. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> Michael Rapino gets into this week's podcast. Amazing new product extension from Insomniac Events with their first game on Roblox. Congrats. Pasquale Rotella on expanding EDC into the metaverse with World Party. Um, We talk about the importance of music on Roblox um, continuously. It's a major opportunity. Um, We talk about, I know this doesn't, isn't necessarily um, the labels, but the biggest tailwind that the labels are facing right now is um music in on digital platforms whether it is TikTok um or these more metaverse type places games um so but here's the question if you become an EDC fan when you're 10 years old playing Roblox yeah i mean then there's the do, age, do there's you, the age up thing also well, so right? when you, when you grow up when you grow up do you go to EDC like i wonder how virtual events like this impact your long-term behavior to want to go to these things. And that's what's, you know, you I, don't buy it. You don't not buy it. even, I mean, you could see my, no one watches the podcast. Well, 
I guess like some do. people do or more a little more than that. Probably most people more. listen a lot more. Watch. Okay. Yes. I don't check my stats that often. I just, I just, <laughs> yes, I know. Myself. Oh, we know, we know, we know <laughs> yes. you don't care about stats and data, but we do. <laughs> yes. I don't, but, but, I don't, I don't need, you don't believe, you don't believe that in real, you don't believe that. I don't need drive. the dopamine hit from seeing how many people love our podcast. Well, the numbers are really good. They are really good. I mean, what <laughs> okay. you've told can me. We go I, don't, back? I don't go and we, look and like refresh. Oh my God, we got another person watching the I podcast. I don't do that now. either. But children, nice children, like people we, do with their just, social media posts. By the way, can people, we, can we focus? For our listeners, you need to even promote us more. We need even more listeners to really fulfill my <laughs> dopamine needs. <laughs> Please. We continue to grow very fast. We're going to be on, and we're going to be on Spotify soon. Um, so that's good news. Hopefully. Yes. I thought we were going to unveil that. And well, it's going to be a, in a yeah. couple of weeks. You hopefully. will get an email hopefully. with it. Um, but that's pretty exciting. We're going to be real. We are going to be real pioneers for Spotify. Yep. Yes, we are. Okay. Maybe could, we should could. do a Daniel Eck um, light shed premium do, access do you know to kick awesome? off our, to kick off our, um, helping him to grow his business. By oh, yes. Out. Really helping him. Can we get him. that on the table? We're really making an impact. <laughs> that, that would be a great way to open a light shed premium. Have- so Daniel, are you now, I know you're quite relieved that you're, that we're finally. <laughs> by the <laughs> way, if you look at Rich's face, Rich is absolutely dying right now. Why is Rich dying? Why? Um, Oh, because we will not are get this soon. podcast. Yeah. Yes, until tomorrow. But it is currently three fifty-eight p.m. East Coast time. We need to fill a bus on Thursday, and yeah. in exactly two minutes, the market will close, and Snap will Snap. release earnings. And Rich can't wait to dig into earnings, and we are preventing him from digging into earnings. As I just all I want to know, talk. Brandon, what do you Brandon. think about that, Walt? All I, I want to know is does I think it's accurate. The sweat too. beads are coming down, down his <laughs> to, coming down his forehead. He's going to stop probably paying attention to us and being a participant in the podcast. He's going to start looking at the numbers in and, the middle of the yeah. podcast. And if and they're tweeting, about by the way, them. if they're good, he's going to oh, he's going to go. He's going to yeah. let it. We yes! need to extend this podcast beyond four o'clock just to see his reaction. Yeah. Like, what time yes, do you think earnings no. will actually drop? Mark, I know you kind of keep tabs on this. I'm on every company reports earnings. So message us if you know. Oh, it's not until like 410. Shit. I don't know if we could filibuster for that. All I want to know, guys, is why don't you believe that learning to like EDC in Roblox? Why don't you think that ultimately builds the brand long term for going? Of course. No, of course. That's not what you said. What you said is, do you think people are not going to go to EDC because they're going to be watching in Roblox? No, you didn't hear me. You just didn't listen to me. Vastly different experience. That is not what I said. It said, does it build brand affection long term? And I think you just said it does. Yeah, I think it's a I cool think, idea. Yeah, I think it, it. No, it's an amazing idea. And we keep talking about the interplay between 3D interactive world and IRL. And it's a great example of it. I thought you were saying people weren't going to go to EDC anymore because they want to you know, watch no. their, their, the avatars experience no, it. I do not believe that. Okay, let's move on. Bloomberg well, has a story. I, I had Bloomberg a, broke news. Bloom, what are you talking? You can't move on from Live Nation. Filibuster is over. Uh, right. Breaking PayPal. It came, it came out at 4.11 last quarter, Walt. PayPal is exploring. We can, <laughs> yeah, I we can get that long. Are we going to... Uh, you guys are killing me. It's just, it is literally just uncomfortable how much you just detest me. But let, let's just go back to Bloomberg story breaking PayPal's exploring an acquisition of Pinterest. Yes. I will say, Brandon, we did not see this coming. There was, I mean, yes, there have been rumors about, you know, with Pinterest stock being down, there was certainly interest from that we thought about and seen Microsoft sort of sniffing around, but seeing PayPal sort of out of left field, although, you know, clearly look, Wait, isn't, you think about, fin- isn't FinTech eating the world though? Well, I know, but it, it sort of, but, but look, if you think about Pinterest, Pinterest is about shopping. Pinterest is about the creator economy increasingly. Okay. It is certainly, the, the, you know, the stock has certainly had a much okay. rougher last, you know, few months. Yes. What do you, what do you think the rationale is here, Rich? I know we're, we are not fintech experts. 
even though fintech is finding its way into all businesses now, especially in the world of crypto. But what, if, do, you, if, what do you if think? Pay, the if, rationale if, if, is? If, if PayPal is payments infrastructure, yep. Pinterest has lots of small businesses that post stuff. They want to have more creators on that are posting stuff. Yep. They need to become more than just an advertising company. Like competing in ads is not easy against companies like Google, yeah, and Facebook, I, I mean, and Snapchat. Look, yeah, Transactions Pinterest, makes a lot of sense. Yes, Can I, PayPal I, accelerate yes. that move? And do they have a deep balance yes. sheet? And is the company a far larger company to speed Pinterest to be faster at everything that they want to do? Like, could you accelerate and really put a far better, bigger focus on that? That's what's you, that, I mean, all right. So this is the way I see it. Okay. And again, not experts, right? First of all, Pinterest at the end of the day is an ad in ad based business. PayPal solves the payment issues, right? And yep. they, I guess they have, you know, relationships with, you know, some vendors, stores, online stores, physical stores, whatever it may be. Um, so they can maybe help, you know, maybe speed um, the transition there that you're talking about. Yep. Um, but they don't, it's not like they're Shopify or anything. They don't have like the entire infrastructure. No. So that's number I one. What I think is going on here is PayPal is trying to get access to a lot more users. And those users are Pinterest you know, DA or they don't have DAU really WAU weekly active user base. Um, number I mean, they do one. have four, they do and, have 400 million monthly active users. Like there are a lot of people that touch Pinterest in a month. Yeah. Just not and, every day. And it's a major discovery platform. So yeah. it incentivizes where they can incentivize more um, uh, companies to, you know, take on to utilize uh, PayPal. Well, the reaction by uh, the PayPal shareholders has not been positive. I think the stock was down 10%. Yeah, today. I mean, I, it was to me- down another 6% today. Yeah. So maybe they need to do a better a job little at trying to describe that theory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's just, you know, Rich has one take. I have another take. Who the fuck even knows what's true? Um, I know well, that they are not experts in- Pinterest core competency. Well, I know one thing, yes. which is Lucas Shaw tweeted, Discovery's canceled plans for a bunch of shows with A-list talent as it overhauls its streaming strategy. This was like the most obvious of all, right? I mean, Discovery's merging with Warner Media. Discovery Plus, I think neither, none of us ever expected was going to be huge. And now you're never going to know because they're scaling back their international launches they're scaling back their content strategy. I assume when the deal closes in a year and when Stanky says still on track for mid next year, I assume shortly thereafter, Discovery Plus won't even exist and you'll never know is my assumption. It all it just sort of, HBO. yeah, I just think it all folds in. I mean, it doesn't, it, it's not like there's anything so iconic on D Discovery Plus, but I do think that content has a lot of value. Like I think just like there's lots of different content on Netflix, lots of different content on Amazon Prime. I think having a diversity of content would be great for HBO Max and to have more reality and more, whether it's food or home and garden or travel, like all of that, I think just adds to the breadth of what's on HBO Max. So I, I think it makes sense. The hard part is you're going to have to fold all this content in. And so why fold in more content, go out and grab more subs when you've got the confusion of, of, of merging two platforms? You might as well basically not grow subs over the next year or at least under invest because you're going to have this transition. You got to make anyone a year and it's going to be messy. You remember after that deal was announced and we had Zaslav on a premium access and we sang the yep. discovery channel song to him and he was like, we did completely confused. Like, what is that this? Was song? Amazing. Do it. Like yeah, they do it. it on how the did discovery he not know channel. what that song is? Come on. Uh, it's a great song. Or either that or he was just shocked that we'd be playing it. <laughs> I think I, that, I, I think we're unorthodox in a lot of ways well, and singing talk, the Discovery Channel song while interviewing the CEO of Discovery is a little unorthodox. Well, I, I will say you guys like to be unorthodox. I think the last slide really speaks to that because I don't even know what to do with this or how to intro. Oh, hey, now.
I am just going to turn listeners should really, I'm turning this to Walt. I'm turning this to well, Walt. Going back to Brandon's um, comment about not knowing how many people look at the podcast. This this slide is a um, tweet from Elon Musk. You could go to his tweet instead, where he he shows a, a loving embrace between a man and a woman as they look at a plasma TV. This is all a cartoon, by the way. Uh, how do you know cartoon. it wasn't OLED? What did I say? Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I use that like the word Kleenex. You know what I mean? I'm got plasma TV. So I'm aging myself on that. <laughs> it is this boomer shit right there. <laughs> I mean, I think that still quali- quantifies as Gen X shit. I mean, that's not yeah, Gen X. No, you're yeah. right. That is a total boomer thing. So he's on, on his the plasma, plasma TV. It's showing number one BTC, 69,000. Of course, uh, yeah, Elon, see next season. And Ether, 4,200. 4, Get it? 420 and then 69,000. Elon. He's What a, ch- what a mean, child he is. We had to come back to Elon. I mean, we, a, we started with Elon. Rich has met that grime song was really about like the metaverse and the sort of had a lot of the snow crash um, themes to it. And so Rich, just what, as a what, reminder, yeah. Rich met Elon in, in case you missed that oh, early part God. of, the, of I mean, the podcast. No, I only met him once, though. You know, uh, I only yeah. met him once. Rich, can you yeah. by first name name everyone important? That you've ever met right now. Start I have never. I have never. <laughs> I can tell you that I've never met Mark Zuckerberg. It's definitely a media guy thing. I used to bust on this for years. Like media analysts always refer to CEOs by their first name. I know. Is, I do. I do it thing. too. Sumner. Sumner was my favorite. No one beats meeting Sumner. Oh. And then when they and then when they when they collapse telecom and the media, the telecom analysts tried to start doing it with the. With the yeah, uh, it, telecom it just, it just like Randall, it just doesn't work the same. Why way. do we have Katy Perry? By today? the way, wait, why, why Katy Perry? I don't this know. is a song about Vegas. Oh yeah, uh, Walt's Vegas. waking up in Vegas. Yes. Walt is going to wake up in Vegas on Saturday morning. You're leaving right. tomorrow, which tomorrow, is why yeah. we did the podcast tonight. Yeah. Um, we got Walt all set up at Marquee with a day bed for his darty. Which I never knew what the word darty was. I know what the word darty is. I don't know. I'm old. Okay. Well, we're going to go deal with earnings. Go Eagles for Walt. It's exactly 409. Somehow, Rich did not allow us to filibuster this all the way past 410. Get your Bloombergs up. Get your Bloombergs up. Have a great weekend, everyone. That's episode 77. Bye. Go, Evan. Control.